0: Welcome to The Daughter's Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of his sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at DaughterSTPaul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. I'm Sister Oriane Pietro Renee. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. And today we're joined by... Sister Patricia Mary. Hi, Sister Patricia. Oh, hi, Oriane. We're hi, so happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Sister Patricia is our superior.
1: This is true. <laughs> so now they're putting me under it. No.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> <their> payback. <laughs> <laughs> So, Sister Patricia, could you maybe just introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't recognize your voice and doesn't know who you are?
1: All right. Um, as they said, I'm local superior here. I've been a daughter of St. Paul for about 40 years. And um, I'm originally from New York, the big bad city down there. But born,
0: <laughs> Which we love.
1: <laughs> we, we can hear because... it a little bit. <laughs> no, Yes, the wonderful accent. <laughs> okay, when I was born and raised on Staten Island and, um, yes, just grew up there and met the daughter of St. Paul there. Some of my favorite movies are actually spoofs on New York, like oh. Enchanted and, and, oh, and Black. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, Enchanted yeah, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. spoofs on New York. <laughs> yeah, and that, um, that kind of thing, reading. I like biographies and history and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And for many years now, because it's on and off, I've been like um, trying to learn Greek so that I can oh. read the New Testament in the original oh, language. Ancient so ancient Greek. Had, Nice. But, yeah, it, biblical oh, Greek. Biblical Greek. Biblical are, yeah. Greek. They wow, say biblical cool. Greek. Wow. So there are things I've learned a bit and then didn't do it for a bit and so then forgot and then I'm back. So <laughs> I love to um, go back and forth and, and read it, but it's, I don't know why, it's one of those things that I really enjoy doing, nice. but I just don't get a whole lot of time for it. But hopefully some time I will when I'm out of this office. You mean <laughs> you
2: mean the superior's office isn't just like I know calm oh, and peaceful oh, and no. always quiet? Yeah,
1: I most of the days I just sit around... My feet up, eating
0: bonbons, of course. (laughs) That's exactly what you're doing. Like I'm. See, that's
2: what I imagine I'm so glad you uh,
1: (laughs) yes, just
0: confirmed
2: that. that. Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, (laughs) sister. What's the most interesting apostolate you've ever had?
1: The most interesting. Yeah, because you've had many eh, since you. I have had many. Mm -hmm. I've been from. Yeah, I was. When I first came in, I was in the sound studio, which I really did enjoy doing, you know, and um, um we did the whole it was really fun. We had a book, The Bible for everyone, which was stories for children. And we it was read aloud with different voice parts for different characters they okay. had in. And so it was recording all of that, making it live. Creating sound effects. Oh, I loved oh, creating fun. sound effects. you were like effects. doing Foley
2: and stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. fun. Oh, it
1: was really fun. Yeah. So then <laughs> editing all that in, but then sometimes it was a real rush because they were going out to radio programs every week and sisters in the houses would say, Oh, we've got this. And they have so many. And we're like, We have to create this program, like oh. right away. <laughs> yeah. So they'll be doing that. So that was wow. like, that was lots of fun. Oh, cool. I did enjoy doing that. Um, But then being out meeting the people, then I was out on evangelization. I was manager in our order entry department, which was a whole totally different thing. So I've sort Mm -hmm. of been from soup to nuts and enjoyed it all. (laughs) (laughs) Soup to
0: nuts. I have never heard that before. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But I like it.
1: Good Daughters of St. Paul style. Yeah. Amen. Oh, yes, awesome. yes, yes. So I have enjoyed the variety of experiences that I've had.
0: Mm-hmm. The life of a daughter of St. Paul is never dull. No,
1: <laughs> never dull. No. In fact, you were the one with the uh, the little catchphrase. My little um, mantra, which I probably started when I was superior in New York many years ago. <laughs> it's another dull, tedious, boring and monotonous day is the life of a daughter of St. Paul. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> When I say that, everybody's like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> okay, I might put you on the spot a little bit, but my favorite thing is the thing that you say whenever your phone rings or some interruption happens at, like, an
1: inconvenient moment. I don't even.
0: You have, all, you have all the best little ones. You do, you, you do. do. I don't even remember. You don't what know do what I, you say?
1: Oh, d- no, I don't. I Tell her. It's such an
0: automatic thing. Yes,
1: from Oh, uh- <laughs> Dear. Uh, <laughs>
2: yes, yes, it's true. Where does <laughs> that come from?
1: Well, um, that comes. Well, you know, it can. I used to say, when we run around, and so many things would happen, I would be going, Yes, Jesus. So, in other words, yes to the Lord. Yes, mm-hmm. Jesus. So, it's like, it's almost like, Okay, yes, dear. You're my, you're my <laughs> dear. And this is the next thing I've got to deal with. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, it's like, it's just yes, in a sense of saying yes to something, in the way um, you might to a spouse or a situation. And it's like, Okay, honey. Um,
0: <laughs> our fiat comes in many forms. This is
1: true. true. <laughs> Amen. Yes, our fiat comes in many forms. But then, yes, that's what it's made up of. And yes, <laughs> and that's what'll get us into heaven. Little, hopefully, please, dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: indeed, mm-hmm. indeed.
0: So, sister, can you tell us what verse you chose?
1: Okay, the verse I chose. Is, and this is something that struck me when I was a postulant because we were told, you know, postulant. So, what is a a verse in the Gospels or something that really, you know, applies to you or, you know, that you are drawn towards? And it was a life of faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And it's got like a long history. And part of um, my history, okay, as you can probably tell speaking, I'm and especially part of this community, spirit of this community, a little bit older. So I was... <laughs> <clears throat> Notice they laugh. And, <laughs> and um, so when I was growing up, there was still the shades of Jansenism hanging on. And if you don't know that, it was like a severe form of of looking at God. It was a heresy in the church that was... Is condemned. That God is like very severe, and you know you have to be very strict. And He's just looking at you, waiting for you to make a mistake. And Mm -hmm. you always had this picture as a little kid: He's in up there writing in his book. He sees you like, ha ha, I got you on this one. Angry Santa Claus, an angry
2: God. You know, (laughs) it was like it's like a a denial of God's mercy. Yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: and it was condemned, but there was very much this. Uh, a bit of that severity is still hanging on. You know, you're going to get caught doing something bad. That, rather than he was a loving God. So I remember it's one of those when you have a memory of being very young. I think I must have been in maybe second grade. I think it was second grade, and I remember sitting in class, and the teacher was saying, "Now we always used to pray. You know, God, you know, loves everybody and died for." The whole world, he saved the whole world, all the people. So it's like the whole world, you know, you picture this, all these people. She she said, you know, if nobody else had sinned, you know, we are talking to real little kids and you were the only person that needed, you know, redemption. Jesus would come down and do what he did just for you. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was a little kid sitting there and I swear my mouth must have dropped open going, just for me? Just for me? So at that time, I just remember that one very deep realization. And then, you know, life goes on, and these things, you know, pass over you, and you grow up, and and things happen. And that comes from the revelations of the Sacred Heart to St. Margaret Mary and how Jesus said to her that if anybody in the world was somehow lacking the grace that they needed he would come down and went through go through what he went through all over again just for that one person Mm. so dear and so precious is one person is myself and are you each of us to god that he would do that just for us alone and um it's taken, a, it's been a long, long journey for me, that kind of a thing. Because, you know, we go through life and we, there are things and we all go through periods when we, you know, you feel you're sinful, you're unworthy, God, you know, it's too much, you know, you've done too much and God, you know, would not want you. And I remember one of those points in my life. It's almost as if I felt in my heart Jesus saying, don't run from me. Mm -hmm. Don't run from me. You know, it's like um, he's a parent that just loves us so much and a child who is far away and their heart just aches to have this child or this person close to them. And. When I was praying for the, with this before this, this image came to my mind. Then I forgot it, and it came back. And I'm <laughs> like, God wants me to say this for somebody here who's <laughs> listening to this. I got the image of almost like that Jesus is like a, a parent with a child, and you're kneeling down on the floor with one knee on the floor and one up, and it's like a child who's starting to learn how to walk. And he's got his arms out, and he's motioning with his fingers to come to him, and he's smiling. And then you know the kids trying to walk, and then they uh, and they fall, boom. <laughs> and you know sometimes I want to cry, and, and you're like, know, no, no, you don't, <laughs> you don't get mad at them or something for falling. Right. You just try to smile at them and encourage them and say, come on, come on, you know you can do it. And that's the feeling that God is. Um, yes, it's sinful, you know, our sins, it happens, we fall, but he's not there severe. He's encouraging us. Okay, come on, honey, get back up. You know what I mean? You can do it. Try again. And, um, it's like, that's the, um, the way virtue works too. Like the muscles of a baby, you know, you get back up and they have to learn how to steady themselves and walk. And, you know, growing in certain virtues, it's the same way. You fall. Okay. That's all right. I did it. Get back up. Try again. Keep going. Oh, fell again. That's okay. But he's always there encouraging you, looking at you, smiling, motioning for you to come to him, like saying, come on, you can do it. All right. All right. Yeah. The grace is there. Come on. You know, just like a parent and the parent wouldn't, you know, um, be mad at a baby because they fell when they were trying to walk. (laughs) No, they would just say, okay, come on, honey, get up, smile, come on, do it again. You know, you can do it, you can do it. And that's the way God is with us. That's the way I feel God is with us. It's like, no, he doesn't get angry. He's just constantly encouraging us. And um, when we make it, when we fight through a strong something, it's like, he's the first one cheering us on. It's like, yes, Hmm. yes, you did it. Come on, you can do it. You can do it again. You know, that's, that's that's the way he is. So, um, yeah, that, that God is just very, um, just loving and encouraging and the greatest of any, any, if you want fathers or older brothers or however you want to look at it, that, that Mm -hmm. symbol of him, you know, calling you to, you know, to come to him and encouraging you. Mm Um, um, yeah, the falling doesn't. In a sense, mother, him—he mean, knows it's going to happen. That's why he came to save us because he knows yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. So that quote comes from Galatians, right? Yes,
1: yeah. that quote is Galatians two twenty. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I I pulled up um, the full verse, and it, it's so beautiful to see it with what comes kind of around it. Mm-hmm. Um, because twenty begins, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, as you say, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And I love that Paul is pulling this out, kind of as you have, Sister Patricia, in a context of suffering or difficulty or a struggle. Anger? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> F- <or> anger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Galatians. <laughs> Galatians is where Paul famously says, oh, stupid Galatians. Galatians. <laughs> But he loves that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, he does.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, the whole letter, like, because when I was starting to pray with this, I was, I, I felt a need to go back and just start from the beginning. It's a short enough to letter to just sit and mm-hmm. read in one sitting. So, mm-hmm. um, I sat down and I just read the whole letter, and, I think, what struck me is he starts with like such a. It's not the warmest greeting of all of the letters, but it's not super cold either. But he is saying grace and peace, you know, and these things. And and then he, like, launches into the bones he's got to pick. And, and it's interesting to me to hear it being couched in your story against a background of Jansenism because for Paul it was being couched against the background of the Judaizers who were saying that you have to be circumcised in order to become Christian. And that you had to follow parts of the Mosaic law in order to be Christian. And this was like the whole point of the Jerusalem Council that he points back to like, no, 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 no. no. I went and I talked to Peter about this.
1: <laughs> and, yeah.
2: and his whole letter, like when you read it, you can almost get the sense of like this breathless, slightly a above the level of a normal speaking voice kind of um passionate passionate yes, tone yeah and in mm-hmm. fact at the very end he's like see with what large letters i write you know I'm like <laughs> 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 you just seem like <laughs> huge scrawl oh. underlines it's like, it's like all caps <laughs> you know <Yes>. yeah <laughs> so it's like um so it's so interesting to me that like almost dead in the center of this letter is this pointing out that He doesn't say, I live by faith in the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So he could have said that as well. Mm -hmm. He says me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just like the way that he is um, pointing the way to relationship with Christ is just so beautiful there. And in fact, um, our listeners know that I'm a little bit of a church father nerd. So I went and I looked up Chrysostom's commentary on this section, and I love his reaction to it. The very first thing is, as soon as he introduces this verse, is he says, how is it, O Paul? Why do you appropriate a general benefit and make your own what was done for the whole world's sake? For he says not who loved us, but who loved me. So even Chrysostom is like, who uh, uh, who, who do you think you are? You're taking it on to yourself. But then he goes on to say, but actually that's what Jesus wanted. Mm-hmm. Chrysostom goes on to talk about how like, but Jesus says that he would leave the ninety-nine to go after the one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like this is who Christ is, and this is who Paul is pointing us to.
0: And I love that because and I think this ties in beautifully to the circumstance you were describing with Jansenism and everything, that Paul himself had done all of those things before his conversion. Like in a sense, not not quite in the same way, not in the context of understanding Christ as the savior, but he was one of those people who thought everything had to be done to a T to be able to you know earn basically god's favor mm-hmm. and um, he came to find out in a very startling way that that was not exactly the case mm-hmm. and i think it's it's so real for ourselves even in a, even in a context where you know we may not struggle societally with this you know underpinning of, of jansenism but i think all of all of us can fall into sometimes from our from our own physical experience of having to earn things That sometimes we feel like I have to do X, Y, Z for God to forgive me, or I have to Mm. be a certain way or have done certain things in order to to somehow merit or earn the salvation that that Christ gave freely. And that can be so dangerous. I think sometimes, you know, some people struggle with scrupulosity. Some people struggle with the opposite, (laughs) of like (laughs) just throwing everything to the wind and not caring. But when we fall into those tendencies of if i don't go to confession every 2 weeks i am not open to the grace of god like mm-hmm. it may be very beneficial for us in our circumstance to go every 2 weeks but it's not that action that has merited us salvation it's it's christ's mm-hmm. gift that he's extending to us yes through the grace of of reconciliation and through many other things as well through our baptism through our prayer through the through the other sacraments like It's not that we do everything precisely and correctly that Mm -hmm. merits us that salvation. Only he merits that. And it's our participation in that that allows us to be open to it. Just like Paul is saying here, like, I have been crucified with Christ. Paul was not physically crucified. He didn't die that way. Um, He certainly had not been at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But nevertheless, he was actively, you know, living... Living in a life, living a life that really allowed conformity with Christ, like being open to the whole life of Christ in him, including the suffering and allowing Christ to work his redemption in him through that. And Christ does that for each and every one of us. It's it's a matter of us being open um, in the community of the church and, and the way that God has asked us to be, but especially in in our interior dispositions, like are we open to him? Working that in us, yeah, and
2: that crucified with Christ, like Paul makes it clear in Romans that what he's talking about there is actually baptism, right? We have mm-hmm. all been crucified mm-hmm. with Christ. We've and then in the Eucharistic prayer when it talks when we pray for for the deceased at mass, mm-hmm. the, the one of the ways that the prayer goes is to say, having been united with him in mm-hmm. a death like his, that you know we pray that the person would share in mm-hmm. his resurrection. that's mm-hmm. that's the the baptism that we're mm-hmm. talking about. And, and Paul can say that, number one, because the baptism is effective, and number two, because the life of a Christian is one of taking up the cross and following Christ. So if we are, in fact, living our baptism, we are being, have been, and will be crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I love matching up Peter and Paul. <laughs> 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 and I think, <laughs> I think like this idea of I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't know why, but this also often puts me back that that story that we have of Peter stepping out on the water mm-hmm. and walking towards Jesus with that with that raw faith of like, I can step out on water because he told me I can.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he does. But as soon as he looks away, like what happens? He he sinks. And Jesus' words to him are, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Mm-hmm. And it's it wasn't that, you know, the act of like his eyes shifting in his head was not what made him (laughs) sink it was it was that physical or it was that interior disposition of of looking towards other things as potentially more powerful and more influential than christ himself who was standing before him and we do that too you know like our faith is so important our our interior eyes are they fixed on jesus are they looking for him in the messiness and the pain and the storm of our life, in the joys of our life, in the gifts, in the hurdles, like, are we looking for where he is present and what he's doing? Are we letting him challenge our attitudes and our dispositions? Like, mm-hmm. those, those are the, the times where we really have to say, am I living by faith? You know, am I? And I think that's such an important question to ask ourselves mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's true. And to truly, like, remember when the difficulties come, when it's kind of like, like, gee, I'm a good person. I'm trying to be a good person and all these bad things are happening Mm -hmm. or whatnot. You know, it's not that God is deserting you or he's not there. It's he's more present than ever. And he's there trying to help you. And many times to teach us something through the difficult situations that come in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's where he's really present. And sometimes there's only, that's the only way we can learn certain things, you know, that we learn to be compassionate and kind when, you know, when sickness or real difficulties or something come. Um, yes, yeah, so it's it's not, things come aren't, quote unquote, punishments from God or something. No, it's not that God is present. It's the, the have that faith. How is God in this situation and how can I have faith to, to believe and see and um, work and grow through this um, mm-hmm. difficulty or whatever it might be?
2: And I think the other side of that is it teaches us about who we are before God. Yeah. Like when I'm struggling with a sin or when I'm struggling with a relationship or when I'm struggling with something that makes me feel just like kind of worthless or or mm-hmm. like there's no way God could love me. Um, You know, there's there's something about that that, number one, it reminds me that I am little and that I am weak and that I need to completely rely on him. And number two, that actually he doesn't think about it the same way that we think about it and that he is there and that he is loving me and that he is holding me and that sometimes he's allowing me to fall into those things so that I can be reminded of who I am before him. Mm -hmm. And. I don't know, I just there's something about that that's like so incredibly frustrating <laughs> and yet also like really <laughs> consoling. Um for me it seems to be kind of like a cyclical thing that happens in my spiritual mm-hmm. life. I don't know if that's true mm-hmm. for everyone, but mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah, just that that realization of who he is and who I am before him and how he is toward me and just kind of all of those things I feel like we all kind constantly we... need reminders.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think often we, we can fall into that trap of almost seeing our relationship with the Lord as transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, either it's like I put prayers in and this comes out <laughs> mm-hmm. or or like, you know, I have lied. I have a debt I cannot pay. It is paid. A- as though it's a bank almost. Mm-hmm. But but the reality is it's so much more than that. And when we, I, I love how how Paul really like before he says he gave himself for me, in this verse, he says he loved me. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm-hmm. He really draws it back to this idea of covenant, that we live in okay. covenant with the Lord. It's not it's not a transaction. It's something much deeper than that. It's, it's a bond. It's a pledge. It's an oath. Um, when we think of co- the covenant of marriage, it's kind of reflective a little bit of the covenant that we have with the Lord, which is, I mean, a lot bigger, but um, but it does reflect that. And to be able to see how the Lord really gives himself as a gift of love, it breaks all of those understandings that we can fall into of transaction,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know? Um, it really just, I don't know, it just like wipes those away. And anytime that we fall into thinking, well, okay, I, I have to perform at this level to receive this output or, or, you know, I have to keep from falling back into this um, so that the Lord will keep like the status quo with me. (laughs) Like, it's true. We we do fall. The Lord does allow us free will and he does allow us that potential to, to fall in order to be able to bring us out again and, and to let us know who we are before him and to choose him freely in love. Because like, Seeing how he loved, him, he loved us and gave himself for us, like our response becomes through that experience of falling and getting up again, falling, getting up again, that we loved him and we mm-hmm. give ourselves for him. Mm-hmm. That is the response it elicits in mm-hmm. us.
2: The other thing that's kind of striking me about this right now, too, is um, when Paul says the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I feel like I would feel differently if it were Peter saying it or John saying mm. it. But Paul didn't walk around with Jesus. He didn't meet Jesus until after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And and so it just makes it even more believable, I guess, that it could also apply to any one of us. Like mm-hmm. it's not like the catechism itself says Jesus knew and loved each and all during his life, his agony and his passion. He knew us mm-hmm. at the moment of his crucifixion. He knew each of us intimately and totally and he knew what he was doing and he knew for whom he was doing it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's just something like almost not believable (laughs) about it
0: um what's that line i can't remember the line in the gospel of john where he he prays for those who will find out like who will learn or get to know him mm -hmm. through those people and not from like in john 17 yeah john the the priestly prayer yeah yeah it's so moving and you know like as you're saying like he could see us in his mind. He knew exactly who he was talking about, not yeah. like some hypothetical generation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
2: it's like yeah. it's one thing to kind of hear him say that in John, and you could still think of it a little bit more generally. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he's just kind of talking about, oh, there will be more people who come. Mm-hmm. But like he's actually saying, like, I know you who will come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's something really beautiful about it. And now I'm suddenly thinking of um, Teresa Vavila, Avila. She had two mm-hmm. particular Um, interactions with Jesus that I'm thinking of right now. One was that he said, um, I would create the whole universe all over again just to hear you say that you love Love me, me. Mm -hmm. which is just like, oh, that's gorgeous. (laughs) 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 But then the other one that sometimes Mm is like, it can make me cry. She encountered this little child on a stairway, right? And this little, she just, she describes him as just this beautiful little child. And the child looks up at her and says, what's your name? And she says, I'm Teresa of Jesus. And she says, what's your name? And the child looks up at her and says, I'm Jesus of Teresa. Aww. And just like, oh, like how beautiful is that that he would associate himself so intimately with each of us that he, yeah. we could each have Jesus say that to us, mm. you know. I
0: had never heard that one before. I, I love never. that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm.
2: There's some really beautiful holy cards of her with like this
0: Aww.
2: little baby standing on oh, the babe. stairway.
0: It's really cute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think we don't stop enough. There are times I sit and reflect before the Blessed Sacrament, and I'm think to think that God not only came down, became a person, but then He's here, looking like a piece of bread, mm-hmm. just for me, mm-hmm. just for me, in the sense of so. It's like, what can I not? give this person, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. Well, um, yeah, what can I not do to to really stop and reflect on how absolutely amazing it is in some time else. It's like, Jesus, do you know how amazing you are? <laughs> and he says, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but you can tell
1: me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's three parts, three paragraphs in the catechism that reference this particular passage. And the first is the one that I just shared that he knew and loved each and all of us during his life, agony and passion. The next one is that he wanted to remain present to the church through the Eucharist and that he makes himself available to each of us whom he loved to the end. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is, it's actually my favorite quote from the catechism and it's a longer paragraph but i only really ever memorized one line out of it (laughs) (laughs) and the line that i love is that the name of jesus is the only one that contains the presence it signifies so Mm -hmm. when we pray the name of jesus he's present right but the way that the catechism says it is his name is the only one that contains the presence it signifies jesus is the risen one and whoever invokes the name of jesus is welcoming the son of god who loved him and who gave himself up for him. Mm-hmm. Like when we say the name of Jesus, we are welcoming his presence. Like he's mm-hmm. actually present just in the speaking of his name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I love that because it it really is, that in itself is God sharing himself with us because that's how he brings things into existence mm-hmm. is is through speaking their name or, or through a word, right? Yeah. And in a sense, he allows us a little bit of participation in that to be able to invoke his own presence just by the speaking of his name. And it's so easy. I think, you know, when stuff goes wrong, usually our first the first word that pops into a head, our heads is a word of either like cursing or, you know, defiance. Like, oh, no, <laughs> like, you're just like <laughs> defying the thing, even though it has already happened um, or like lamentation or sarcasm or something. Mm-hmm very rarely is the first word Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if it is, it might be acting as a curse word, like we might not actually have intended an invocation, but that is what it is. Yeah, it it's may not a be a prayer in that moment, but it could be. Exactly. It could mm-hmm. be. That's the thing. It could be. Mm-hmm. And and that our faith allows that, allows the Lord to animate that into our prayer. It allows the spirit to pray within us, to to call, you know, Jesus present, his, his presence down. And that has the power to change everything to invite Jesus into a situation because not only do we invite him in that but also we speak the promise of his mm-hmm. name like the name Jesus comes from you know the Hebrew yeshua um and that m- literally means the lord saves it means mm-hmm. salvation so we are both praying we're both asking and we're also declaring like we're declaring the promise again and again and there's so much power in that because he is present in it
2: mm mm-hmm. mm
0: mm-hmm. Which um, the other
2: thing that this brought me to was, in in our constitutions, in the in the um, in the section on chastity, one of my favorite lines in that section is it's talking about in times of trial and loneliness, and it doesn't say like if they come, but it's saying like
0: <laughs> you'll be lonely in sometime. the moments when yeah. this
2: occurs, and, <laughs> this, and this is true of everyone, not mm-hmm. only those who have a vow of chastity, but it's true of everyone. There are times of trial and loli- loneliness. Mm-hmm. It says, we will live the cross in faith and humility, turning to Christ who has loved us and given himself for us. And there it turns it into the us, but that's because it's speaking to us. It's like proscriptive right. in, in the plural. But, but we could each take it as a me as well. And what I love about that is like when I turn to Christ, if I say the name Jesus, he's present with me yeah. in the trial and the loneliness. Yes. Mm. And... And he wants to be, and so and and he's and he's done so many so many things in order to make sure that I know that he's with me. You know, whether it's Mm -hmm. the blessed sacrament, whether it's my sisters around me, whether it's um, the word, whether that's just this this explanation in the catechism of how how powerful the name of Jesus really is. Like whatever it is, like and and the name of Jesus is powerful because Jesus has the power to come when we call him. Like. If someone misses me on the other side of the world i can't just show up whenever they want me to you know? so, <laughs> You're like i'll be there in 53 jesus hours does have that, exactly <laughs> but jesus does have that
0: power wow. and not only the power but the desire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's something so beautiful um about having a crucifix in the home or in your room mm-hmm. or in your office or wherever you are i remember growing up we didn't have crucifixes we had we had crosses because i was protestant and <laughs> for For Protestants, it's really important to be able to show the fact that he is no longer on the cross. like that's kind of the mentality that he's resurrected and the cross is empty. like it it shows his victory when i When I became Catholic, it it was actually really moving for me to see that act of love and self-giving, knowing because as as Christians in general, we cannot separate the crucifixion from the resurrection. Mm-hmm. But to be able to be reminded. To, to look at a crucifix in a moment of trial and to be able to say before it, yes, I live by, by faith in you who loved me like that and gave yourself for me like that. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a powerful reminder in our moments of suffering or doubt or confusion or loneliness that that is how we are loved. And that is how we are able to live out of love even when we're struggling to do so. We have been given the ability through him because he, that's how much he loves us, Sister Patricia. How old were you when this first first hit you? Just out of curiosity, if
2: I'm allowed to know. Yeah, you said you were. You said you were a little girl in school.
1: Well, I, uh, when the the teacher, I was yes, I was probably second grade. It's one of those things. I even stop and think. I like was I first, second? I'm thinking was the, no more than second grade. So it would have been like when the teacher said that in you know, mm-hmm. that quote. Well, yeah, so I probably would have been about seven years old. Okay. Wow. Been seven years old. And then when we, you know, I entered older. So I was 26 when I was a postulant. So, so ancient. I know, so At the time it was ancient. <laughs> yeah, at the time it was, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, is <no> <laughs> it is no longer. No, it is no longer. The record about, has been I was,
1: beaten. <laughs> I was right on the I was right on the cusp. I only had a couple of months before I would have been over age. Oh, mm. right, because it was, yeah, it was different yeah, then. Yeah. But then, yes, and then... It was at that point in Galatians. So then, when I was a postulant, so maybe I'm probably about 26, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, you know, really start reading the Bible and reading the letters of Saint Paul because I was a daughter of Saint Paul." Yeah, <laughs> intensely. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: it's so beautiful yeah. to know that even as such a young child, like this concept really resonated with you and accompanied you through your yeah. whole life. Yeah,
1: Somehow, and yeah. not even realizing, but the idea of yes, personally me, you know, that, mm-hmm. that and how, yes, how even a child can um, perceive that and, and how it can make an impact on, on them. Mm-hmm.
2: So this, this verse is like one of the favorites of, of Alberione, of our founder. Um, it's, it's in, I did a little search. Like I have all his the main books of his, like um as PDFs in one folder, and so I did a search just to see like how frequently this this phrase would show up in <laughs> in all of these pdfs and um and it happens kind of a lot. and so uh, I was just kind of looking through them and praying with some of them, and I found this one, and I'm not sure exactly how to tie it into the rest of the conversation, but I just I think it's so beautiful um and and especially, I love to think about Alberione is. He's a little bit gruff in a lot of ways. And (laughs) this (laughs) this particular passage is not. So anyway, so I'll read it and then you can tell me if it ties in or if we're cutting this out. Um, (laughs) He said, when Jesus has introduced his spouse into the private cell of his love and his intimacy, mysterious and reserved are the things which he says, like those described in the Song of Songs. Follow the doctrine of St. Paul, the great mystic. You belong to Christ, to him alone. Delve as deeply as possible into Christ, into his thoughts, into his perfect adoration, into the praise he gives the Father, to the point of really being able to say, Christ lives in me. Jesus' Master says, I am the truth, believe in me. St. Paul replies, I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Jesus' Master says, I am the way, come to me. St. Paul replies, with Christ I am nailed to the cross. Jesus' master says, I am the life, abide in my love. St. Paul replies, it is now no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me.
0: Mic drop. <laughs> 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 that, to me, so I think what you were bringing up with Teresa of Avila earlier actually mm-hmm. is really beautifully um, parallel to that. Like mm. that that idea of that that type of intimacy that can kind of be startling actually if you think about it mm-hmm. but is really really beautiful and transformative in a way that you know Jesus speaks and we respond he allows us to speak and he responds mm-hmm. like that that type of relationship where his response really illuminates all the layers of what we said that we didn't even realize we meant because we didn't <laughs> but, <laughs> but like that that interaction that you talked about where you know, the little boy asks Teresa her name and she says, Teresa of Jesus. Like she probably, there was a lot of depth and feeling and meaning to that for her. But but for that little boy to respond the way that he did Mm -hmm. cracked open so much more of what that even meant, what her own Mm -hmm. name meant, that she had presumably somewhat chosen. But really she didn't, right? Like Mm -hmm. he named her that. To be able to recognize that, you know, as St. Paul responded those things Christ spoke back to that. He doesn't just like, oh, great, you have the last word and there it will end. <laughs> like, Right. It's a journey. It's a conversation. It's a dialogue. And we journey through that dialogue our entire lives. And it grows us. It really does.
1: Yes, indeed. We must just be open to listen.
0: Amen. <laughs> it's that openness. Yeah.
2: And we have to be quiet enough to hear it.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed. That's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um we can take a moment to kind of reflect on what struck us most and then maybe we can each share one takeaway that we are bringing bringing from this conversation.
2: I think for me it's what you were just saying, Historian, is the the idea that like it's a dialogue, that it's that it's me responding to Jesus and him taking it and deepening it and throwing it back to me and that that can that can just like go back and forth and deeper and deeper, mm. um, kind of unendingly. And that's really beautiful. And just kind of like all of the ways that that can respond to the woundedness or the loneliness or the whateverness in my soul that, that he's desperately in need of touching, you know, um, that, that he can do it through that and that he wants to.
0: Mm-hmm. I think for me, actually, it was something you shared, Sister Patricia, about how, how, how long in your life this, this has been touching you, you know, um, mm. And it, it's just a really beautiful reminder to me that I would like to reflect on of how those first words that the Lord speaks to us, that those first times we really hear them, that doesn't end, you know, that reverberates through our whole lives. the The first blessing or the first revelation of Himself that He speaks to us, um, and we mature in it. Yeah. So I'm just I'm going to pray with that a little bit. And I
1: guess probably thinking how, as you were saying that when you're Protestant, it wasn't you know just a cross, but then looking when later on with Christ on the cross, the crucifix. And that, yes, that in the times of suffering, we have to remember, you know, to really to look at that. And um, yes, what the pain that he went through, but to realize the encouragement that he would give through it. And when we have those times of pain, or doubt, yes, to look at the crucifix and remember that how much he suffered in his humanity, but that he is so close to us. Yeah, that was the other thing that we were, that he is, um, you say Jesus and snap, he's there. Mm -hmm. He's right beside us, wanting to help us in every and any way. So yes, to always to recognize that closeness of Christ in all my moments of life, literally moments each day, if I let him.
0: For our closing prayer, um, we're going to pray the Jesus Prayer, um, which is a very common uh, prayer in the Eastern Church. And it focuses especially on the name of Jesus and who he is to us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus, Master, way, truth, and life. Have mercy mercy on us. us. St. Paul the Apostle, pray pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you in two weeks. God bless you. Bye. God bless
1: you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at paul. God bless you.